There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Friday. Today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021, and we're recording in the studio today. I mean, first time this year we're recording NFL Friday in the WFUV studio, first time for a lot of our members to, to actually be coming down here and learning the ropes about the studio in general, so we're happy for that. Alongside Emma Zupko and Lou Orlando, I'm Mike Messina, and we have a lot to get into today. We're going to recap the Giants' brutal 38-11 loss to the Rams last weekend. Um, Jets had a bye, so not going to talk about that too much, but we will preview Jets at Patriots um, Sunday at 1 o'clock, and we'll preview Panthers at Giants for a Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones fight to, to see who is a better quarterback, I guess. But but before we start, Lou, how are you doing today? Uh, you know what? I'm actually I'm really excited to be in studio. And, uh, you know, you know me. My happiness usually revolves on the giant success. So I've been better, but uh, it, it's all right, man. Emma, how about you? How are you doing? First time down in the studio, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk football with you guys, and it's my first time here, so it's great to get to know everyone and you know see how it all works. Yeah, we're definitely excited to have you in WFUV, and even more excited to have you talk some football with us. So let's get right into it, I guess. Let, let's start with this Giants game um, that I was at covering for the station last week, and a 38-11 to loss against the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm going to be honest right off the bat. That game was brutal. It was terrible to watch. I, I mean, the Giants started off the game, had a great drive. Kadarius Tony three catches for 36 yards on that very first drive. It ends in a field goal, no touchdown, and that was the only points they had until about midway through the fourth quarter. They could not get anything going against this Rams defense. Uh, I, I mean, like, they shut them down in every facet of the game. Every time they handed the ball off, every time they passed, it was either incomplete or Intercepted, honestly. Daniel Jones not having a good game. 29 for 51. Three interceptions and two fumbles. One that was lost and one that was recovered. But just poor play by the Giants quarterback and poor play by this Giants offense, defense, and especially this secondary. Yeah, and I'll say this. like We know who the Rams are. The Rams are our Super Bowl hopeful. You know, They're a really good team, one of the best teams in the league. So you know, going in, even as an optimistic Giants fan, I was realistic. I was like, we're probably going to lose this game. Then again, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. Uh, I kind of see the Giants as a team that should be able to compete even with some of the best teams in the league. And maybe that's my fault for believing that, but... Uh, I'm sorry. I, I was really disappointed the way that they just showed up. And you mentioned it. The quarterback play, 
just just everything. It, it really it was a horrible game to watch. Yeah, I got to say going into this, I was not hopeful for a New York Giants win. The Rams are just a better team all around. They they were totally outclassed by the Rams. And you know, when you can't block, you can't rush the passer, you can't run the football, you you don't have Saquon Barkley, you don't have Kenny Galladay. And then they lost, you know, rookie Kadarius Tony to give them a fighting chance on the offense. You know, it's not it's not going to result in a good outcome. Yeah, you mentioned losing Kadarius Tony. Not only did they lose him to an ankle injury that was bothering him all week, but decided to play through it. And from that first drive, three catches, 36 yards, it looked like he was going to have another big game like he did the week before. But nonetheless, C.J. Board goes down um, with an injury. He gets carted off the field. It came back. He has a broken arm, and he is done for the season. So that that's a huge piece to this Giants kick return, punt return, and wide receiver depth that they clearly need with all these injuries. And Andrew Thomas came out of the game with an injury as well. Um, they placed him on the IR yesterday for a foot and ankle injury, which means he misses the next three games. But I'm looking at it like this. like He's trying to fight through this injury. Put him on the IR. Give him that three weeks. They can get more depth at that position. And then they have a bye week coming after that. So he realistically has four weeks to get better and get healthy. And hopefully this Giants team can, can kind of put something going, get something going within these next three games where they don't fall too far behind with, with all these injuries slumping them and just really not letting them do what they want to do. I, I mean, Daniel Jones in this game against the Rams was putrid. I, I mean, you look at it, every single play, it looked like he was getting rushed and sacked. He was sacked 40, uh, 41 times, excuse me. He was sacked four times. <laughs> and 41 times. I, I, it, that's what I'm saying. He sacked four times, and it just... He could not get the ball out of his hands. This Rams defense was on him at all times of the game. I, I, I mean, like, screen passes couldn't get. There was the first play of the game, I believed he, he got sacked and fumbled the ball. I, I mean, like, that can't be happening with your franchise quarterback, a team that I thought before the season had potential to, to possibly make the playoffs. And I'm with you, Emma, on this one. I didn't have any faith in this Giants team pulling out a win last Sunday against the Rams. And, and I'm not sure if... Many people did, but for a 38-11 loss, putting up three points in the first quarter and then eight points in the fourth quarter, and the only person who scores, Elijah Penny, and that's his first rushing touchdown since 2017, this Giants offense really needs to figure out a way to step it up and get points on the board. I mean, they were without um, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay. Um, Sterling Shepard didn't really produce much, and I believe this week, Darius Slayton will be back, so you'll have Sterling Shepard. We'll have Darius Slayton. Saquon Barkley's obviously still out, has not practiced. John Ross is a possibility. But, I mean, most of their top wide receivers are still out. How, in your perspective, Lou, what do the Giants need to do to kind of get this going against... I'm not, well, I guess we'll look forward right now as well to the Panthers and just other teams in general going this season. What do they need to do in order to, to get off this losing streak and kind of just get some wins under their belt? Yeah, I almost want to backpedal a little bit because you mentioned Daniel Jones' performance. I Listen, a lot of it's on him, but I have no doubt that a part of it is the injuries. This is a Giants team I praised as having a lot of good depth in skill positions like wide receivers, but then when five or six receivers go down, even if you got good depth, like, like what are we looking at? Like, realistically... His only real target was Sterling Shepard, and he targeted him 14 times. He had 10 receptions. It was a decent day for Shepard, but that's he's coming back from an injury. I don't think Shepard would—the game plan was let's throw it to Shepard every time. But, you know, what else is Daniel Jones supposed to do? 
Uh, you kind of hope Slayton comes back so they can just a- at least have multiple targets that defenses can actually fear and respect. Uh, but the big thing for me, I think, is to get the running game going. Because what I saw from Devontae Booker wasn't terrible. He's a pretty good downhill runner, hits the hole fast. And I think the thing that hurt him is that, you know, the Rams score four touchdowns in the second quarter, right? Giants are up 3 nothing at the end of the first quarter. You go, maybe there's hope. Defenses look solid. Booker looks okay. But then you go down 28-3. to All of a sudden, the run game is not a big part of your offense. You're forced to throw the ball. And then, you know, Daniel Jones makes mistakes. If he's not on and you're throwing the ball every time, this is kind of what's going to happen. So uh, get the run game going, I think. And you you mentioned a 3 nothing game at the end of the first quarter. There was some hope. The, the the play wasn't that bad from both sides of the ball. But once that second quarter started, the Giants felt like they just stayed on the bench and never even shouldn't even came onto the field. I, I I mean after I mean Matt Stafford, phenomenal game. Four touchdowns, one interception, twenty two for twenty eight, two hundred and fifty one yards. I, I mean he threw this ball all over the Giants defense. Yeah, going back to to Daniel Jones, twenty nine of fifty one passes for two hundred forty two yards and three interceptions. Had that a strip sack fumble early in the game uh, versus the Rams, and then that really bad interception to the Rams safety Taylor Rapp when the guy was clearly covered. Uh, so that wasn't good. And then losing, you know, Andrew Thomas, I think, is really going to hurt them going forward. And you know, the Giants are still, you know, putting pieces together. The blame can't always go on Daniel Jones. Uh, the, they're totally injury ridden, which is not helping him at all. But I don't. I don't even know if he's a franchise quarterback. Like he's not bad. He could maybe take you to the playoffs, but he hasn't made the leap at all that you know Josh Allen has made. Oh yeah, and, and I don't think there's one person who who watches football who thinks Daniel Jones is on the same caliber of Josh Allen. He just sprouted, and he is a phenomenal. I think the Bills have a great shot of winning this Super Bowl, but he is nowhere as. To the uh, to the quality of a quarterback that that Josh Allen is, but you're right. I I mean, can all these losses get blamed on him? No, I absolutely do not think so. I I mean, to have a quarterback with all four of his top wide receivers out of the game, you obviously can't put everything on the quarterback. But for your top rusher to rush 12 carries, 41 yards, I mean, 41 yards is not gonna win you a, a close game. A nail biter is not gonna put you out in front by two touchdowns. It's not gonna really do anything. And with Saquon out. They're kind of relying on these Devontae Bookers and Elijah Pennies to, to kind of get you through, and I'm not sure how long they're going to be able to do that. And you mentioned the Taylor Rapp interception. He had two interceptions that, that Taylor Rapp caught, and both of them kind of just were into no man's land. You see, you clearly see the safety coming up. And, I mean, you clearly see it from the press box. I don't know if he's obviously quarterback-wise, but you see the safety coming up, and he just launches it with, with like no care in the world. And just easily picked off, and it happened twice to Taylor Rapp. And then the defense with Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup's running across the field, and there's room for this defense to make plays or at least hustling. And you just kind of see, like, I'm not going to say them they're giving up, but you see them not putting putting in much effort, down 28-3 to before halftime. I mean, Joe Judge is a believer in, like, challenging his players he said that after the game he wants to challenge his players to play 60 minutes to uh to put all to put your heart in the game no matter what you're down but I don't I kind of disagree with that statement if you're down what was it? I think it was 35 to 3 in the fourth quarter Daniel Jones should not be playing in this football game with with all these injuries have because Daniel Jones goes down I, I mean the team's done the season's over the, the season realistically in my eyes, is over at one and five already. Season's over. They That's have true. no shot of making the playoffs. But you're having your 
quote-unquote franchise quarterback be out there on a 35-3 to routing in the fourth quarter when you're already 1-4 on the season at that point? That just seems dumb and inexcusable to me. Why are you going to risk injury to Daniel Jones and other players who are still starting? I, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but let's move on to Giants-Panthers this week. We have Sam Darnold coming back into town in the stadium he used to play at. Look, Sam Donald has gotten a lot of credit this season for starting the season 3-0, and and you're looking at the schedule now, with, look, looking at the record now, they're now 3-3, three and three, and he hasn't really played as well as people thought he was um, in the beginning. There's questions on if he's the same Sam Donald as he was with the Jets. And Lou, uh, I'm going I'm to go to you first. What are your opinions on Sam Donald as a Carolina Panther, and do you think that this is the right landing spot for him? Uh, listen, it, it's tough to say. I I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of happy for him, right? They they got to that. They were three and zero, and he was playing pretty well. He was getting some rushing touchdowns, uh, but I think a little bit of success has been overhyped, and it, he's gotten progressively worse as the season's gone along now. And now Carolina's lost three straight, and I think each loss you're seeing him get worse and worse. His last three games, four touchdowns, six interceptions, seven interceptions on the season, which is fourth worst in the NFL. Seven TDs and set like he. It's not looking good. Yeah, it, it's kind of a mixed bag because I think, as there's always been, there's still some talent there, and you, you you saw flashes of it with the Jets, and I think he's in a better system. I, I like his receiving core. I love DJ Moore as a receiver. I like Robbie Anderson. Glad they got reunited. Uh, you know, CMC hurt. You know that that doesn't help him at all. But I, I'm not sure if he's the right fit for Carolina. If if I'm Carolina, I don't think that this is my future franchise quarterback that I'm going to sign to a max extension. Uh, but he was worth a flyer, and I guess we'll see how the season plays out. Matt Rule doubled down on him this morning, actually. He said he's not looking at the rumors about him looking at Deshaun Watson. There, There's none of that. He said he is dialed in to Sam Donald, and this is the quarterback for this team. And Emma, I'll come to you now. Looking at this game next week, Panthers at Giants, looking at this roster that, that the Carolina Panthers and the Giants have, Really, what what do you think the Giants need to do next week in order to win this game? Because I, I personally think, even with these injuries, this is a somewhat winnable game for the Giants. And honestly, it might be their last win of the season, <laughs> if I'm looking at it. So what are your thoughts on what the Giants need to do as a whole in order to get past this Panthers team? Yeah, I think one of the big problems for the Giants is going to be that Panthers pass rush. And, you know, keeping people like Hassan Reddick from having another really good game. And... You know the I think the pass rush is you know six, uh, six in the NFL or something, and you know the O line is obviously as we know in totally disarray. I think they gotta protect Daniel Jones as much as they can, and they gotta match up against uh, offensive players on the Panthers like DJ Moore and and running back Chuba Hubbard. They gotta shut them down. Just just find a way, or I think that's that's how they lose the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to go with kind of the obvious answer here. And it, I mean, like, Daniel Jones can't have a game like he had against the Rams. Uh, he, he can or they're not going to win. 29 for 51, 242 yards, which realistically is not that bad throwing for 200, almost 50 yards. But all the turnovers that come with it clearly is not good. But this running game and this passing game has to start getting in sync with each other. And especially this offensive line. I mean, Andrew Thomas being out. Matt Pert giving up a sack and a forced fumble last week. That's not what you want to see by a rookie who, who's trying to earn his spot on this team. And, and this Giants defense, the secondary, Xavier McKinney, he has now dropped three interceptions on the season, dropped two interceptions just this game alone. Ball comes right to him, puts it in his hands, and just drops it. And those are mistakes that 
this defense can't be making going forward if they want to win these games. And they're honestly mistakes that they've kind of been making all season. This is a Giants defense who had so much potential coming out of last season into this 2021 season, and they kind of just have not lived up to that potential. Yeah, I've really been disappointed because I, I loved what Patrick Graham did with the defense last year, and I had full belief that this defense could be a top-10 defense in the NFL. And I think you've seen the guys that were making the plays last year have taken a big step back. Bradbury hasn't been the lockdown corner he was last year. He's certainly not in Pro Bowl talks. Leonard Williams, I think, had his first decent game of the year of the season last year, ironically, or last week, which is... Uh, I agree, he did. <laughs> didn't really play out so well because we lost 38-11. But, uh, you know, Leonard Williams, for the most part this season, has been kind of absent. You haven't heard his name. Blake Martinez out for the year. So these pieces that either just aren't there or aren't making the plays... And just a defense that doesn't seem to be playing with, with the same life. Uh, a few weeks, or I know, I remember talking with Nick Fada on one-on-one about, you know, all, like, the two minutes left to go in the, in the first half. Oh, boom, that's a touchdown. Like, the defense keeps laying up these these massive touchdowns that swing momentum. And it's just been a defense that really hasn't been able to make the stops all year that they need to. Yeah, the, the pass defense definitely struggled last week. They allowed... Man, you know Matthew Stafford to complete 78.6% of his passes for 251 yards and even you know the offense the the turnovers that's got to stop they lost the ball four times while the defense was able to register only two takeaways and then of course the interceptions so they got to clean that up against the Panthers this coming Sunday yeah Lou you mentioned Leonard Williams having his best game uh seven tackles three solos and a sack and a half which both of those sacks that he had came in big moments of the game when it was still either 3 nothing or 0-0, third down stops and, and forced a punt. So early in the game, you saw Leonard Williams kind of coming out of that shell, and I kind of find it a little amusing. In the post game, I don't know if, I don't know if any of you guys heard this, he was asked about the booing of the fans and how it affects them, and, and he was brutally honest, and I like that from players. But he said he doesn't think the team deserves to get booed. He doesn't think anyone deserves to get booed because it's putting other people down. And to me, that is crazy. This is a... You're in an entertainment industry. You, no matter if you're good or bad, you could be an undefeated team, and if you're not playing well in New York, you're going to get booed. I, I mean, that's just how sports go, honestly. And for for a player on the Giants, a team who's 1-5, 0-3 at home, can't really get anything going. The offense stinks right now, all the injuries that they have, to say that they don't deserve to get booed. It it just doesn't sit well because, yes, they're putting all this effort in to obviously play the game and they're not doing well, but the fans too. I I mean, this this is a fan base that has been brutally hurt for Jets. Jets are in this conversation as well for so long. And, and like, change after change that we hear is going to be made and there's no changes made it's the same thing over and over you expect them to get better defense is getting worse offense is getting worse Hmm. like that just doesn't make sense to me how how a player who is a very good player in my opinion on a bad team doesn't think they deserve to get booed the Giants are a booable team let's just be straight up Mm -hmm. about it like especially the last two weeks the loss to the Cowboys and the loss to the Rams injuries are not they're playing boring football and Giants fans don't want to watch it. And it has to be noted that, especially this year, we came in with expectations as fans. Because Giants fans, we saw the, we saw the end to last year where we almost made the playoffs. If the Eagles don't sell, maybe we're in the playoffs. 
different story for another day, right? But we come in with all these expectations, and again, it's the same 1-5, in 1-7 start to the season that we've seen for what feels like five years in a row now. And, and this is New York where, you know, that stuff doesn't fly. The Mets, you know, the Mets players, when they responded to the boos, they didn't like the booing. That didn't go over well with fans, and they were forced to apologize. Well, so, that they were booing. Uh, at least he's not booing the fans. No, That's a whole nother spot. You but definitely Mets, can't do the that. The Mets were complaining about the booze. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. In New York, That, that you know, as an athlete, if you're playing in New York, you're supposed to be tough. You're supposed to be able to take the booze, and with that comes the highs. If you play well, you know the fans of this city are going to love you. If your team's struggling, you're going to get booed. That's just kind of the nature of New York. Yeah, that... Uh... That was very interesting, the the booing and, you know, seeing the pictures of so many people in the stands uh, were, did not look happy, kind of looked bored, and a lot of empty seats, which is always sad to see, but I'm sorry that, like, the Giants, they kind of deserve it. Like like Lou said, uh, they came into the season with, with higher expectations and spent a lot of money, and, you know, they're, they're not performing, and it doesn't look good going forward either, so I think the booing is definitely legitimate, but it's obviously sad and not something you want to see yeah i i mean even john mars getting booed off the stage <laughs> people are leaving like crowds and crowds of people are leaving their seats at halftime during the super bowl ceremony and just no one cares the, the crowd is so out of it they're just tired of this organization just not really making the big changes they need uh, um and we'll have to see we we hear a lot of, uh, of changes coming i said I believe on the first episode of this podcast that Joe Judge is not on the hot seat and I have Joe Judge is 100% on the hot seat if if this is how it goes I don't think he's head coach of the Giants after the season and things have to change whether it's from the front office perspective with Dave Gettleman if it's Joe Judge if it's defensive and offensive coordinators I don't know what needs to change but Joe Judge and honestly I don't want to say Daniel Jones is on the hot seat but I think he is I I mean if the team's going to keep underperforming as well. You always have to look at the quarterback as kind of the guy to to put it on because he's the backbone of your team. But we'll have to see what goes on with the Giants going forward. Let's move on to another New York team, a team that had a bye last week, the New York Jets. Um, coming back from that game against the Atlanta Falcons in London, that was a boring game to say the least. Um, just kind of what you expected, honestly. Um, it. I thought the Jets, this was a game the Jets were going to win. Atlanta had really no one. Calvin Ridley didn't travel. But Kyle Pitts, man, he stepped up and really had the game of his life. Not, well, life so far in his short NFL career. Nine receptions for 119 yards and a touchdown. Um, Matt Ryan was just able to find him if it was first and 10 or if it was third and 25. I mean, that was his guy to go to. And, I mean, even Cordero Patterson, a guy who people are picking up as like their third option on fantasy and sometimes mm. this guy is playing very well uh, um, and a guy that honestly could fit well into this Giants offense yeah. right now and help them out where they need Zach Wilson didn't really play that well 19 for 32 192 yards and one interception sacked twice um, it's it's kind of the same issues with, with, with this Jets team they travel to um, New England to play the Patriots this weekend for the second time this season um, and that wasn't a good one either. They lost 25-6 to the first time around. They kind of got blown out from start to finish. Um, Pats are coming off a tough OT loss. Oh, tough last three games, to be honest. An OT loss to Dallas, um, which it looked like they had in the bag. A very close win against Houston the week before. And then a three-point loss to the Buccaneers the week before. So they have had three very competitive games in a row. And the Jets just haven't. And I'm not really sure how the Jets 
stack up against this path scene right now. See, I, I, I look at that, that Atlanta loss, and I'm really disappointed by that because the Jets beat the Titans in week four. And, you know, we'll talk about the Titans, what they did, you know, on Monday Night Football, uh, impressive win over the Bills. But, you know, Titans are a good team. The, the, the Jets went out and beat in overtime, and it, it took a missed kick to be able to get them into that spot. But whatever. You beat the Tennessee Titans. You put yourself in a position to beat them in overtime. You follow up against Atlanta, who's one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, haven't played well for the most part, really bad defense. And, and you just come out flat. They're down 17 nothing. They go into the half down 20-3. to to their credit, they fight back. At one point, they're down 2017, but they, they don't get the stop that they need. And it, it didn't matter because, you know, they had so many chances in, on offense they just didn't capitalize on. Uh, so, you know, that loss at Atlanta, to me, is a major step back from the way they played against Tennessee. And now you go against a, a New England team that I know it was a loss, but that loss against Dallas, to me, was their best game of the year. They fought with... I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I would go as far as to say I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But the Dallas Cowboys are good this they year. They are a very good They're NFL team. They're a very this year. talented football team. And the Pats were pretty much with them the whole way. Mac Jones made the plays he needed to make, especially after that, that pick six, which is demoralizing, comes right back down the field with like a 75 yard bomb, ties the game up. Or like, they played a really competitive game against a really good team. So they've got a lot of momentum. And the Jets are coming off of a bye, which I, I kind of want to get your take on. How do you feel about this bye so early on, man? From the Jets' perspective, I think it can really only help them because they weren't. It's not like they were on a win streak and it kind of took their momentum away. They have no momentum, so I honestly think this this buy for Week Six can't do anything but help them. I, I mean, get their minds right, get their players to be healthy. Um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't have it pulled up right now what their injury report is for this game going in. But, I mean, they need this. They need their guys to get healthy. They need to be able to be in the right state of mind and have two, not not one, two good weeks of practice because this New England team, whether we like to say it or not, they're a gritty little team. I mean, Mac Jones ha- has been kind of what everyone expected him to be thus far, I would say, at least, at least from what I think. I think he is by far the best out of the rookie quarterback so far that came out of this draft. But I don't know how well the Jets are going to be able to line up with this. Pat's defense, and really, if the Jets are going to be able to get anything done on offense, I, I mean, looking back to, to this Atlanta game, their top receiver, Corey Davis, took 45 yards. I mean, come on. Michael jo- Michael Carter and Ty Johnson are the only two people who scored a touchdown in this game. And, and Emma, I'll, I'll shoot you this. What, for this Pat's-Jets game, what do you think the Jets need to do coming off of this bye coming off of a two-week with no games that they need to do in order to beat Mac Jones and this team because they got smoked the first time they played him, and they really looked like they had nothing to show. They, they, they didn't perform well. They really had nothing to put up against his past defense. Yeah, going back to the bye for a little, I think this is good for the Jets. I know that Wilson had, a I think, a groin injury, so maybe it gives him some time to recover from that and to prep for this game and I think if he can show some progress in this game it'll be a good measuring tool to like see his progress um what they need to do they're gonna need to stop the pass they're gonna need to stop you know uh wide receiver on the path such as you know Myers and Aguilar and tight end Johnny Smith and I the the Jets are pretty poor in pass defense so that's a little bit scary and they need to protect Zach Wilson and get him comfortable with you know those short and intermediate passes early in the game before you know the third and fourth quarter and I think you know I don't think they win this but maybe they could compete I'm not sure it's going to be interesting 
and I, I, but I, I think the Pats definitely come out with the W. Yeah, I, I, I think protecting Zach Wilson is priority number one for this team, obviously. I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe he has taken the most sacks, or if not close to the most sacks out of any other quarterback in the league this year. I mean, this offensive line has really not helped him out at all, and I'm looking at it now. C.J. Mosley was not a participant um, at practice. Um, Tyler Croft, their tight end, was not a participant at practice. So going into this game, they're already out a linebacker in a tight end who they kind of relied on to, to play well in this game. But, Lou, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I think, along with Emma, that that protecting Zach Wilson is kind of priority number one in this game, and this running game has to get going. Michael Carter cannot be running for 38 yards every single game he's out on the field. They, they need all of their guys to, to kind of put it together. Zach Wilson needs to, I know Robert Sala mentions, play boring football, but he needs to play football that's going to get him to win games. We, we can't be throwing on a, on a second and 15, a two-yard pass, and just nothing going. So so what do you think the Jets are going to do in order to, to get this win out? Yeah, see, like for me, like I'm not so much, and I don't think the Jets should be looking at wins or losses. It's more like what can they do to have a good quality of play, right? This is Zach Wilson's first year. You're not going to make the playoffs because you look at the AFC East and it's pretty stacked. But it's about giving Zach Wilson the right environment to be able to develop and thrive. And I think you look at the last couple of weeks, I've seen throws that game managers don't make. You know, like a couple of those running throws against Tennessee that he made where he's chucking the ball 50 yards down the field. Not everyone can make that play. He had a couple of decent plays like that against Atlanta too. This kid clearly has some some talent. So it just comes to comes down to what can you do to, to give this kid the right environment to play well. If you lose, so be it. But I just want to see... Let him play some good football. So, right, protect the quarterback because I don't have the stats for me, but I'm pretty sure he's getting pressured like 28, 29% on, on, of snaps, which is, you know, tops, if not top two, top three in the league. Uh, the run game, I think, has been a big issue the whole time because if you can completely shut down the run game, you don't have to worry about it. Then you're just keying in on the pass, and I think that's been a big issue. That's probably why Zach Wilson leads the league in, in interceptions with nine. I think it's because defenses are just keying in on the pass. They know that's what they're going to do. Uh, one of the things I looked at with the bye is what adjustments can the Jets make, right? You've seen Zach Wilson play five games. What adjustments can he make to this offense that allows him to really develop? And I think that means throwing the ball down the field more. Like, let's really see, let Zach Wilson's talent shine through. I don't care about two-yard passes to the flat. Anyone can do that. Let's see Zach Wilson make the plays that sometimes only he can make or only those top, top talented guys can make. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think that's going to be hopefully a big part of this offense coming in, going into Gillette. I, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say Zach Wilson needs to make the throws, but he obviously does. But I'm not sure if these receivers are, are, are creating that space downfield and giving him time. And is the offensive line giving him time to make those deep throws? I don't really see that. I, I mean, he's getting pressured so much, has the most interceptions in the league this far. And I just don't see that really changing just because of a bye week. I, I mean, the personnel they have are... are are not top talent on that offensive line, and we all know that in this wide receiving core, I like. I, I think they have a good wide receiving core with Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, and Jamison Crowder. I mean, I don't think they have a bad core, but with this line and, and a young quarterback like Zach Wilson, he's just not making all the right decisions at time, and, and that's why he leads the league in interceptions. Let's move on. Um, real quick recap of Bills and Titans. That was a very good game to watch on Monday night. Titans come out of that one 34-31 against the Buffalo Bills. And look, both both quarterbacks played well. Um, it really came down to 
to that last play when when um um Josh Allen tried to do a quarterback sneak and really just slipped just just fell in not not on the offensive line I I guess it's on him but that was a shootout from start to finish and for a Buffalo Bills team to me that was a game that they could lose and still make it to the Super Bowl so so the potential for this Bills team is through the roof right now in my opinion and I think they are the clear favorite to win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl I absolutely love the Bills, and, and yeah, I'm not worried about about this loss at all because the way I see it, right, you're on like the seven. You decide to go for it in fourth and one, which is cool. Let's be aggressive. Let's try and win this game. I love so you the don't call. Have to worry about overtime, knowing full well that they can hit like a you know a nice little chip shot field goal, tie this game, go into overtime. Your fate's in a coin toss or whatever. That's kind of the way I've been trending with the way the offense has been playing. I more see it as, what does Tennessee need to do to beat teams like that? And it means that Derrick Henry has to run for 140 yards and score three touchdowns to even keep him in a game like that. Uh, my biggest issue with Tennessee, it's an impressive win for them. Uh, I still don't see the passing offense. I mean, Tannehill had a decent game, 18 for 29, 241 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. And again, it's it's a Tennessee passing offense that I think was a little hyped up because they got Julio Jones. You have A.J. Brown, who's a rising star in this league. And they really haven't been able to make it work. And Ryan Tannehill, to me, has always been a game manager in Tennessee, which is fine. You have Derrick Henry. That's your offense. But in years past, he's been a more productive game manager. And I'm really not happy with what I'm seeing from Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry is basically saving this team by going absolutely crazy. I mean, his stats are insane because I think— Insane. I saw something on Instagram the other day where it was like, Nick Chubb is second in rushing yards in the NFL— He's closer to Chuber Hubbard, who's in 27th place, than he is to Derrick Henry, who's in first place. So I that's saw, what he's doing. I saw a stat. On, I, I think it was touchdown. I, I really I shouldn't say because I don't know exactly what it, <laughs> what it was, but Derrick Henry was 1, 2, and 3, and then the rest of the running backs started coming on the list. I, <laughs> I, I wish I knew what it was, but it was just it, it's amazing what this guy can do, and I have him on my fantasy team. I love him. And he's the best. He gets three games a season with, with three touchdowns, and that is just crazy to think that that a guy can do that I mean you see him running through the secondary like their offensive linemen like they didn't even have a chance to stop him on his first touchdown he just I think I think he went up to like 21 and a half miles per hour while, yeah, I think while running the fastest run of the, that, run of the year yeah. what he does for this team and I agree with you I had I was very very high on this on, on this Tennessee Titans team going into the season after picking up Julio Jones I thought they were a clear Super Bowl contender at that point but Tannehill's passing game and obviously the injuries to this team that with Julio just come back, he was injured, but they need to pick up this passing game. But but I think a 4-2 and two team, they're 2-1 at home. I think as long as Derrick Henry is healthy, I really don't think they have that much to worry about right now. Yeah, this this game was crazy to watch. Like I I can't believe they were they were half a yard from a whole new set of downs and you know a couple of chances at winning the game for the Bills. And, you know, it came down to inches, and sometimes games come down to that. And, you know, Derrick Henry continues to, in my opinion, kind of carry the Titans' offense. Yeah, that, that 21 point miles per hour on a 76-yard touchdown, you know, the, the guy's insane. The guy's an absolute tank. He's one of my favorite players to watch, for sure. And I think one thing that this game revealed is that, you know, Buffalo's defense took a little bit of a hit. They didn't really stop Tannehill, and, you know, they couldn't stop Henry as well. And I think 
the Titans, uh, the Titans defense and, and Vrabel just came prepared to deal with the Bills on the offense. And it was a great game to watch. Yeah, and Josh Allen, uh, on the other hand, had a phenomenal game. Like, he, he played, I don't want to say lights out, but he played close to it. 35 for 47, 355 yards against this Tennessee defense. And they somehow lost the game. And somehow only have 31 points. I, I, I mean, what Josh Allen has done this season and last season from when he was drafted and the expectations that everyone had of him is just incredible. And, and honestly, he's a huge fan favorite. The Bills are a huge NFL fan favorite. Everyone everyone loves them. Bills Mafia. Everyone talks about it. What they're doing to to the, the Bills culture and, and just that city is amazing. And obviously, he's the Bills franchise quarterback. And they're set up perfectly to win in my opinion, multiple Super Bowls down the line. I mean, this receiving core, I mean, with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley even got in the action last week with 88 yards, Dawson Knox. You see Dawson Knox throw that um, touchdown pass with a broken hand. You see Josh Allen at the line of scrimmage calling the playoff, calling the playoff. They go with it, the the little Bill special, we'll call it, and, and Dawson Knox throws that touchdown with his broken hand. Now he gets... I don't remember if he's out for the season or I, I don't believe so. I think he's just getting the surgery and then he'll be back when he can. Um, but what this Bills team has is amazing. And I think they're the clear cut favorites to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's a team better than right now in the NFL in general, but this game and all primetime games thus far have been for the most part, amazing high scoring games and down to the wire. No, it, it was a good primetime weekend because we had Seahawks-Steelers going to overtime uh, on Sunday night, and then we get this jam on Monday night. Uh, but you said it about the Bills, man. First off, like Josh Allen, before the season starts, was my pick to win MVP. I'm absolutely loving what he's doing so far. But, but the Bills as a team, looking at it right now, the only team with a point differential above 100. So, I mean, their offense has just been lighting it up. And you know, you're right. The way that the Chiefs has kind of been playing, and there's a lot of questions about has the league figured out Patrick Mahomes? And while I don't think the league has, it is worth noting that you know while Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are kind of struggling, the Bills are thriving out here. And you know, the Bills in my mind were definitely going to make it to the conference championship. It was going to be Bills Chiefs, and then we see which team is the better team to get to the Super Bowl. Now I think it's a bit of a toss up, but I think the Bills are definitely there. And then the question is, who's the other team right now? Can the Chiefs bounce back? Is there another? Will the Ravens continue to play the way they're playing? Are the Chargers a team that emerges? But for me, the Bills are a lock to be there because, I mean, their offense is just so dynamic. And we haven't even touched on their defense, which has been fantastic at times. I think they've shut out two teams. They've caused a lot of turnovers. Their defense has been as good, if not better, than their offense, and that's insane. Yeah, I love watching the Bills. They're definitely... A favorite for the Super Bowl and Josh Allen is such an easy guy to root for and so is Bill's Mafia honestly it's great I love it I'm a Giants fan but seeing on social media Bill's Mafia at, at tailgates and just being a happy friend like a, a fan of a franchise I, I mean from New York you obviously have other teams as well but the NFL standpoint the Giants and the Jets there have not been happy fans for years and it's tough I mean but good for them good for the Bills I hope them I hope I hope they will I hope they do well I hope they go to Super Bowl I had um Justin Herbert as my MVP coming into the season they got blown you might not out. be far off either he's another one that they they got blown out by the Ravens last week which 
is a story of its own. They they literally did not just play well at all. The uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens pretty much shut them out the entire game. But that's about it. Let's move on to our fantasy segment with Lou Orlando. He's going to give us some sleepers, some stardoms, and some sit-ems going into week seven of the NFL season. So, Lou, let's start with two stardoms for fantasy for this week. Yeah, I'm an optimistic guy. Let's definitely start with the uh, the start. So, I, I think starting off, we'll go with uh, with Jalen Waddle for Miami. They're going up against Atlanta, and Atlanta secondary that's just not good. And he's coming off a great day in his own right, uh, or a great week. Two touchdowns, ten receptions on thirteen targets, uh, and two attack at Vilolo came back, played pretty well. I think he'll play well. Another guy you could start potentially, but I'm going with Jalen Waddle here, who might be the quarterback of the Washington Football Team here shortly. I'm seeing so. Really. It's just rumors. Yeah, I'm, re- just I'm, broke. Read, I'm reading rumors. on Twitter. Reading on Twitter that that there's potentially a a trade going on where Tua could come to the Washington Football Team. I know there are rumors about Deshaun Watson potentially going to Miami. I don't know if anything's come to fruition with that, but uh, either way, I think Jalen Waddle should have a pretty good week against uh, not a great defensive secondary. And then the other guy I'll go to is uh, Elijah Mitchell. San Fran comes off a bye week. They'll play Indianapolis, a solid defense, but. Elijah Mitchell came back, and we saw Trey Sermon just get completely shut down carries-wise, and it's clear Elijah Mitchell right now is the lead back in this San Fran offense. I think with a week to plan, they're going to get creative. We know they like to run the ball. I think he's going to dominate the workload uh, coming into there. But we'll take a look at a couple of sits. Uh, First guy for me, Cincinnati's T. Higgins going up against Baltimore secondary. You just mentioned it. Baltimore shut down Los Angeles Chargers for a great Great offense, shut down Keenan Allen pretty much, shut down Mike Williams. These are guys that have been popping off in fantasy and, you know, for their teams in real life. And T. Higgins, in my mind, the number three target on Cincinnati, I put Boyd and Chase above him, both talent-wise and production-wise. So I- I'm scared to start Higgins against uh, against the defense as good as Baltimore. Yeah, I have um, Jamar Chase on my team, so there's no way— any other receiver from that team. I, I'm, I'm sort of the guy where I think a lot of fantasy players are like this, too. If you have one receiver, you're not having yeah. both receivers on the team, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that pick. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that connection they have it is something else. Yeah, and then the other guy who we actually just talked about, Ryan Tannehill. And the reason I say sit Ryan Tannehill is because people might be tempted because, you know, the ESPN app, it ranks the defenses. And you see Chiefs, you see 31st ranked against QBs. And you go, this is a great matchup for Ryan Tannehill. Well, it really doesn't matter because the, all the Titans want to do is run the football. Especially against the Chiefs, that's going to be a big game for them. Coming off a win against the Bills, they're going to want to try and ride Derrick Henry again. And, and Tannehill, just even against bad secondaries, hasn't done that well. I look back to when he played against Jacksonville. He only put up 13.9 because he had 197 yards. Didn't even break 200. And one touchdown, so... Don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. Don't be fooled by the soft matchup. Don't play Ryan Tannehill. I'm looking through my fantasy roster now. I don't think, at least not in the starters, Ryan Tannehill is not a starting quarterback in my league. And I don't blame him. He really hasn't. Yes, he's playing well on on paper, but fantasy numbers-wise, he really hasn't been as productive as people thought he was. So I don't don't hate that sit-and-pick at all. Now let's get however many sleepers you have for this week. Uh, yeah, I only went with one, and for me, just keep an eye on him. He might be available, or he, it depends on the league. J.D. McKissick, Gib- if Antonio Gibson is out, and he's questionable right now, and it's tough to see, either way, McKissick has value because of his, you know, he's going to get the receptions in that offense. He's got a high PPR value, but if Gibson goes out, McKissick's value skyrockets to the point where, in my mind, he's almost an automatic flex start. 
Okay. I think Aud- I think he's sitting at about fifty percent rostered in mostly in most leagues, which means that you know there's a fighting chance he might be there, depending on how big your league is. Maybe in a twelve man league he's not there, but I think ten and under you might find JD McKissick available. Yeah, he's not available in mine. He's rostered by fifty six and a half percent of leagues, and I don't mind that pick either. I mean, against Kansas City, he had nineteen yards two weeks before that. Seven uh, nineteen points, excuse me, seventeen points, twenty and a half. I mean, I don't. He is a sleeper because. Th- he has these three great fantasy weeks, 20, 17, and 19, and then he has .8, 5, and 1. Yeah, people get, get and people also get scared off because, you know, Gibson's there. Gibson's supposed to be the lead back. I know people have been frustrated with Gibson. But, yeah, if, if Gibson goes out, obviously McKissick's value skyrockets. But uh, I think some people have been good about just, just picking up McKissick gang ahead of that, seeing Gibson struggled, seeing his PPR value. Yeah, love all the picks, Lou. Thank you for that. And now let's move on to my favorite part of this show, the Pick'em segment. We're going to go down the slate of games, and we are going to pick who we think wins and why. And let's start tonight. We're recording this at 3.20, so let's start tonight, Thursday night football, Denver at Cleveland. Lou, who do you have? Uh, I think you gotta go Denver. Cleveland might have the most injuries in the NFL. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Baker's out too. So I mean, who are the guys in this offense? It's Case Keenum and like two running backs, Devers Johnson. I even I forget I forget the other Cleveland running back. But uh, go Denver. They're gonna be healthy. Cortland Sutton's coming off a monster game. So I, I see Denver win this one. Yeah, if there's ever a time you want to pick the Broncos, this is it. Like Lou said, the Browns are just injury ridden. You got Case Keenum in for, for Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Broncos can definitely compete. I don't completely trust Bridgewater, and their defense has allowed a lot in the passing game, but I think this is a win that they could pull out and could have possible playoff implications for the future. Yeah, I agree. I'm also taking Devon in this game. Lou, you mentioned it, all the injuries to this team. Yes, Jarvis Landry is playing this week, but with Case Keenum running that offense, I just don't think that they're going to be able to beat Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. Kansas City at Tennessee, another one uh, one of the first 1 o'clock games of the week. Lou, who do you got? I- I'm going to believe in Kansas City. I know they struggled a little bit, but I think Kansas City is going to come out throwing against this Tennessee defense. I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to stop them. And if if KC can get out to any kind of league and lead and just diminish the role that Derrick Henry can play in that game, I, I see it being a win for KC. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs as well, but, you know, everyone knows their defensive struggles. A little concerned about that, and I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Henry, but they definitely put up points every single game, and I don't know if the Titans are going to be able to keep up with that. I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to go the Tennessee Titans here coming off that big win against the Bills like we just talked about. I think they have all the momentum in the world right now. Um Coming off a big game, Kansas City beating the football team, but it was a struggle to get there, and that's why I'm going with Tennessee. Another 1 o'clock game, Washington football team at Green Bay Packers. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I I mean, what that Packers offense can do with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is scary, and and it's fun to watch. That's a fun offense to watch, and and getting to see Aaron Rodgers scream at the Bears fans really put me in a good mood, so I'm going to go with the Packers on this one. Yeah, I'm riding Green Bay as well, man. I love the the swag Aaron Rodgers showed yelling at the Bears fans. I still own you. I own you my whole life. And I just don't believe in Washington, man. They've been a little bit of a disappointment this year. I just I don't have any faith in them. 
Yeah, definitely going Packers here as well. Washington has the league's worst scoring defense, and they've given up 30 or more points in four straight games. Don't have, don't really have any faith in them. And you know, their two wins have come from the Giants and the Falcons by combined five points. Uh, Rogers going back to Lambeau Field should be just like a nice, easy game for him. And you know, they have so many different weapons on offense. Moving on to Cincinnati at Baltimore, a game where. I think has game of the week potential. Looking down the slate, there's not really many games better than this, in my opinion. Um, Lou, who do you got? I'm riding the Red Hot Baltimore Ravens. Five wins in a row. That offense, it's just flowing. Lamar's doing his thing. And you know, I fully believe in, in this Baltimore offense. They're going to get it done against Cincy. I'm going Ravens here, too, but I'm a little bit scared of the Bengals. They're a very decent team, solid O-line. I think Lamar can definitely take this, though. They're, I think they're 5-0 and against the Bengals. He's 5-0 and against the Bengals as a starter. Yeah, definitely Ravens, but I could see the Bengals hanging in there. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens as well. Um, I took Chargers last week. Um, thought they thought the Ravens were kind of overrated. They proved me wrong with that routing they had. Um, I love what the Bengals are doing. I say this every time we do pick them. Love what the Bengals have with, with their receiving core and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and that connection. But Baltimore is just a better team here. Lamar Jackson is going to be able to run all over that defense, and I'm going Baltimore. A um, couple more 1 o'clock games to get to, which one we already talked about. The Carolina Panthers at New York Giants. Emma, let's start with you. Who do you got for this one? Yeah, I'm going to go Panthers here. Sorry, Giants. I don't know how they're going to keep Sam Darnold, DJ Moore, and Chuba Harvard contained. Darnold's also coming back to MetLife, and I I don't think he's going to want to lose there You know, with all the, the memories. Of, of playing there for the Jets. Uh, and it's a must win for them. The Panthers have lost their last three games. If they have any hopes of making it to the playoffs, this is a must win for them. Uh, yeah, I just I look at Carolina. They've played some subpar football, lost to the Eagles, who I don't think are a good team, and, and lost to the Vikings, who are a mediocre team at best. So I think if they play the same brand of football they've been playing these last few weeks, the Giants can get a win here. So I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm rocking with the G-Men. I think I'm going to be on your side for this one. It, it, it's a tough thing to say and think after you see the performances of, of the last couple of weeks, but I, I truly think this is a game the Giants can win. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are really that good of a football team, a 3-0 team that they were. I think they were a 3-3 and 3-3 team or even a 2-4 team, it, it seems like, but I'm going to take the Giants in this one. If there's a win they can get, it's going to be Week 7 against the Panthers. Atlanta Falcons at Miami Dolphins, Lou. Uh, I'm going to ride Miami. I like the way their offense has been clicking. I think Atlanta's a nice, soft soft game for them that they can win. I think I'm going to go Miami as well. Um, they need their running game to pick up around Tua. And, you know, I think they're the home team. So I think they got it. But I, I it's not a great pick, in my opinion. I'm going to go Falcons. I, I like what the Falcons showed against the Jets in London. I love... Um, the Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts connection, and, and, and I just think they're a better team than the Dolphins. I don't really have the utmost faith in Tua or any faith at all. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Um, so I think Atlanta's going to take this. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think Atlanta's going to be able to take out the win. Um, the last of the 1 o'clock slate here, we have the Jets going to New England. Um, I think it's going to be all Pats. I don't think the Jets, even after this bye week, are going to have what it takes in order to, to beat this Pats team. They lost, got crushed 
um, first time in the season, and it's just something that Jets fans and the organization is used to. They're used to losing against New England, and I think that's going to continue here. Yeah, we've seen New England play good football against really good teams, Tampa Bay, Dallas, so I think you're just looking at a better and, and more well-coached team than the Jets, so that Pats. Yeah, definitely going Pats here as well. Mac Jones has competed with you know quarterbacks like Brady and Prescott, even though those resulted in losses. Belichick, you know, he's getting close to having his back up against the wall. Wilson's on the road. The Jets don't have great offense or, or O-line, or the run game hasn't been much better, and their defense is, is all right. So I think the Pats take this. It seems like you just said they don't have anything good. <laughs> A um, little bit, yeah. First game of the 4 o'clock slate, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. Lou, who do you have? Uh, Raiders came off a pretty solid win against Denver. I still don't believe in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts is talented, man, but uh, I think the Raiders are just a more complete team, so I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to go Eagles here. I th- I think they got to contain Derek Carr. I think they they have just enough you know, juice with Hurts uh, to maybe pull out the win. Maybe Carr struggles. I don't know if they can keep that momentum. That was a great run for them last time with you know everything that's going on with them, but I'm going to go Eagles here. Yeah, I think I'm going to be on the Eagles as well for this game, mainly because, obviously, all the controversy going on in in this Raiders organization. They get that win after John Gruden resigned. They get that first win with with interim head coach. And I just don't think they have what it takes. I I mean, they're a better team than the Eagles, but with everything going on, I think there's going to be a lot of um, other things going on that they have to worry about. And I just think the Eagles uh, and Devontae Smith are going to be able to, to get this win over the Raiders. Detroit at... The Rams. Um, this is going to be a bad game. <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a blowout by the Rams here, and, and Detroit's just still going to be undefeated. Uh, still going to be winless, excuse me. Yeah, listen, I like Detroit. I like their head coach. I feel bad for them. I think they could pick up a win somewhere else down the line, but not against the Rams, man. This one's too easy. Yeah, definitely going Rams. I think it's going to be an embarrassing one for, for Goff, and the Lions are going to go you know, remain the only team without a win after this still. Let's move on to Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Emma, I'll start with you. Who do you have? Uh, definitely the Bucks. I don't think it'll be a blowout. The Bears have an okay pass defense. They can pressure the QB, but I don't know how their offense is going to keep up with Brady's offense. And, you know, Brady's going to want revenge from that loss, I think, last year against the Bears. So definitely Bucks here. Chicago's just too much of a mess for me to even think about taking them. I got to ride with Brady, got to ride with the better team. Yeah, uh, that's an easy one. Bucks are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I love um, Justin Fields. I I like how they got that win, but they are not better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's go to the final 4 o'clock game. Uh, Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals still the only undefeated team in the NFL, and I think we're all going to be on the same page as this one with the Cardinals taking it over the Houston Texans. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, this is just like the Rams-Detroit game. You take the better team and you don't even think about it. Yeah, the Texans are easily one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they're going against the only undefeated team remaining, so it's definitely a win for for Kyler Murray and, and company. Sunday night football, we have a good one. We have the Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers. I think this is, if not the second, the first best game of uh, of the Sunday. Um, Lou, what do you got? 
this was the toughest game for me to decide because I really think that this could be a toss-up. Two similar teams that I'm just not sure where I stand on, but I end up going with San Francisco. I believe a little bit more in their offense, like what Elijah Mitchell can do, and I really don't care who's out there for quarterback, whether it's Garoppolo or Trey Sermon. I just think the San Fran will be able to get it done. I'm going to go Colts here. I it, It's a game I would definitely stay away from, but you know their offense is surging. Wentz seems to be getting a little bit better. Jonathan Taylor is amazing. And the San Francisco's both QBs coming off an injury, and I think Kittle's on injured reserve. But it's, I could see the 49ers winning as well, but I'm going to go Colts. Yeah, I have no faith in Carson Wentz and, and any football activities that he does. Um, I, I, I've been a believer in that since long before he... he had bad seasons with, with Philadelphia, but I'm going to take the 49ers here. Whether it's Jimmy, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. Um, I like Trey Lance and think he has so much potential. And I, th- I think they're going to be able to take down Carson Wentz in the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football. And the last game, Monday Night Football, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Seattle Seahawks. A good game, in my opinion. Lou, what do you think? Uh, Russell Wilson being out is really what put this over the edge for me after watching the Seahawks lose to the Steelers, who I think with Russ they take care of easily. Uh, I just think I think New Orleans comes out there and beats the Seahawks just simply because Geno Smith's the quarterback for Seattle. Yeah, going Saints here for sure. The Saints are 2-1 and one on the road this season. They had a bye week to prepare for this game. New Orleans is 12-6 and six after a bye week since Sean Payton took over in 2006. Seahawks don't have Wilson, and they have a terrible defense, so definitely Saints. I love that stat. I'm going Saints. I have Jameis Winston as my quarterback one this week for fantasy since the Chargers have a bye. Um, I, I think with Geno Smith at the uh, uh, under center for the Seahawks, I don't think that is going to end well, and I don't think that, that Geno's a good quarterback or, or they're going to be able to beat this New Orleans Saints team with, with Jameis under center. But that's about going to do it this week for... NFL Friday. We have tons of great games coming up. Um, excited to watch. And we will be back next week with another edition of NFL Friday. And you can catch all these episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, WFUVsports.org, wherever you get your podcast. So for Emma Zupko, Lou Orlando, I'm Mike Messina, and NFL Friday is a production of W. FUV Sports.